Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. We're going to have a little bit of fun here. Anybody have fun with family? You know, it's family night at King's. We don't have any children's ministry uh, functioning on Sunday night. No youth functioning on Sunday night. Uh, We are of the understanding that the family that worships together stays together. That's what we have an emphasis on family on Sunday night. And tonight I'm going to be sharing more on a teaching side than a than a preaching and proclaiming, but I'm going to be sharing award-winning parenting. Anybody have fun as a parent? If you are afraid to answer that, I'm here to help you. Parenting is a great joy, and it goes by so fast. Can't wait for your baby to start talking. They start talking, and you want them to keep talking, and then you don't want them to talk anymore. The phenomenons of parenting. You find out so much about yourself when your kids show up. Your children reveal things about you You're confronted with some things about yourself and given the option of polishing some things up or not polishing them up and seeing the effects of those things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Kind of when you say, oh, wow, maybe I should have responded differently to that. Why do I keep getting angry every time they? There must be some sort of trigger thing going on here. Do you ask questions like that? Maybe you need somebody in your life that's willing to Slap you when you need it. How about that new parent phenomenon? You know whatever I've noticed about brand new moms, and I've seen a lot of them. They, I notice there's like a, 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 there's a couple of things that happen. They want everything brand new. Brand new stroller, brand new this, blankets, and brand new this and that. It's their first baby. But they're also terrified that somebody's going to think they don't know what they're doing. Whoa. I must have hit that right on the head. Any new moms know what I'm talking about? You got that new baby and you just know everybody's watching you and like criticizing you and the way you take care of your baby and you think they're thinking things about you. My new dad experience was I'm at the hospital and I'm holding precious little Emma and I'm realizing I have no idea what to do. I, I, I have a little brother, and when he was young, I, I'm sure I changed his diaper, but now here's this precious little one, and I'm like trying to figure out the Velcro and getting it upside down. It was, uh, I quickly realized I need some help here. The diaper phenomenon. Anybody got diaper stories? Blowouts. Every parent knows what that means. You never have to describe it. We know. You're only talking about one thing. Uh, You know what? (laughs) So I used to uh, volunteer to keep the babies. They're not babies anymore, but like if Minister Kimmy was going to go to like a women's thing or I would attempt to 
you know, put together a girls' night out for her and I'll keep the kids. As a new dad, anytime they had a blowout, I was immediately on the phone. How do I do this? No, you don't understand. It's like an eight or nine or ten wiper. You don't you got you need to come home right now. You know, and she somehow can magically only use one wipe. Takes me twelve packs of wipes. I'll never forget the day I was sharing with somebody that was at our house. It was the, the day we moved to a whole pizza family. We used to buy the single slices at Costco when we're shopping. Then there was the conversation. You think we should get a whole one? Now it's should we get four or five whole ones? I don't know. When did they eat last? Well, they went to their friend's house. Well, then they probably filled up on jelly beans and Skittles. So they're not going to want any pizza right now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those ever-expanding food decisions? In my house, uh, we don't buy anything small quantity. There's no sense of us going down here and buying like one singular item of anything. We have to buy, the, even the family packs are too small in my house. We have to buy multiple family packs for dinner. All of our like uh, cookware has to be extra large. So my wife and two of my children are gone. They're visiting family. They'll be gone another uh, couple weeks or a really special time with our family. And it, there's only four of us for dinner. And I'm just like, I need, to cook f I need to cook some more. So I need to bring somebody over because this is weird. I love this about family. Uh, some of the phenomenons I didn't expect about being uh, a dad was I was going to have to be the judge so much between my kids. He did this, they did that, she tore up my whatever, and then I'm standing there going, I wasn't even there, what am I supposed to do? What if you just get guests? Half the time you feel like you're guessing and you hope you get it right. Anybody, anybody with me here? How about when you got those little babies and you can't get them to stop crying and it's 2 a.m.? It's 3 a.m., you got to get up and go the next day. Anybody with me here? There's a fun phenomenon. How about when they, oh, this is kind of gross, please forgive me, but how about when they like vomit and you can't handle it and then you end up vomiting more than they are and you can't even help them clean up because you can't look at it, you can't smell it or hear it. Just the, just the, uh, uh, and you're just like, stop. We're, we're, it wasn't uh, long ago, I quickly realized, and I, I've had to make a conscious decision as a dad to overcome this and to, to not run away from it, but uh, we have a phenomenon in my house where I will go to work all day long, come home exhausted from like a 10 or 11 hour day, only to find vultures circling, waiting on my body to walk in the door. They've been waiting on dad all day long. Here they come, dad, and here's mom. Finally, I'm wiped out. She's been praying in emergency tongues that I would come home earlier so that she could. Does anybody else see this at your house? One honest person. The rest of you don't want your spouse to see your response. We love holidays. 
She's in the driveway with the kids, walking to your place of work to meet you halfway. That's, that's hilarious, but that's just, just what it is. Phenomenons of family at home, special days, traditions. What a wonderful thing to get to create your own family and your own experiences and have your own testimonies of God's goodness in your house. I want to help you for the next few minutes. They gave you some notes, and I'm not going to spend a long time on all these. A couple of them I am going to spend some time on, but I want to give you just a synopsis here. It's like a summary, maybe, if you will. Pastor Daniel has many times referenced uh, a, a teaching series that I've done a couple times called Parents Toolbox, uh, where uh, each week we break down a, an, an essential aspect of home, what should be happening at home, and equipping parents and equipping you know, grandmas and grandpas or whoever it is you might find yourself taking care of kids. And so I want to do this just in a, a brief summary. Uh, and I call this uh, award-winning parenting because it, it sets your kids up to be rewarded from the Lord. Sets your house up to be honored and rewarded by the Lord. Some of the things I'm about to share here, you're not... They may get ugly looks at you from people you share them with that are not of the same mind frame as the kingdom of God. We live in a world where you can find all kinds of tips and tricks and, and psychology things into parenting, and a lot of it will bring destruction in your house if you don't know what you're looking at. You don't want that. You want to be very careful about who you're getting wisdom from as a parent. Your starting point is right here. This is your starting point. The Bible says a lot. Look at all the scriptures I just gave you. I want you to go home and dig in and look at these and say, how does this relate to this area? So let's take a look at these. Uh, the first one, let's pray. Let's ask God to speak to us because I want you to receive an impartation from the word. And we're not going to Put all these scriptures up here, but I'm going to highlight just a few and, and talk about these and what I've observed uh, in working with kids and families for quite some time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you address family all throughout your word. We thank you, Lord, you've given clear instructions. We thank you, God, you give instructions to dads, moms, instructions to men and women relating to family and to children as well. We thank you, Lord. Would you speak to us, quicken us? Lord, even as we're, we're listening tonight, I pray you, you would help us to make a, an assessment of where we are and what we need to polish up. And you would release insight and strategies into unique situations. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Did anybody uh, grow up with only girls in your house, like only sisters? Okay. Did anybody grow up, you only had brothers? Very interesting when you enter into family, all of a sudden you have, like if you only grew up with sisters, all of a sudden there's a son in your house and it's like a different, you're trying to figure out how to relate to that. You didn't have a brother growing up. I pick on Minister Tammy a lot. Minister Tammy didn't have a brother growing up. So I have assumed the role, and I've heard the call of God, 
and have responded to be the annoying little brother that she so desperately was deprived of. And she is getting healed week by week. Day after day, there's healing coming to her life. My, my wife did not grow up with brothers in the house. Her dad was only there for a short time, and then he was out of the picture. So it's a house of girls. So we have sons, and sometimes my wife's just like, I have no idea. Can you please come help me? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. God's, God's uh, plans and intentions are a mom and a dad at home. Doesn't always turn out like that. Different circumstances. And those of you that have uh, adopted kids, foster kids in your home, God bless you. Thank you so much for loving on kids that have come into your home in such a way. What a great thing. All different kinds of pictures of family. But I want to share some principles here. The first one we looked at this morning. So if you were not here this morning and you didn't get to hear the word on uh, fulfilled the vision of parenting, I want to encourage you to listen to, the, to that on YouTube. He's already uploaded it. You can go on there and re-listen to it. But this first one, you want to write it in your notes. Vision driven. We went all through that this morning. But just to do a, a brief recap, let, let's bring up that scripture. It's Genesis 18, 19. And as she's getting that, let's take a look. Okay, so it says, For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Real briefly, God promised Abraham some things that he wasn't going to get to see. Abraham wasn't going to get to see. They were dependent on his parenting the generation after him and the generation after him. We went through that this morning. Again, if you didn't get to hear it, look on YouTube or, or wherever you, you find our sermons, podcasts, or wherever those might be. And uh, we, I, I emphasize that the drive and the, the, the drive behind your decisions and the drive behind your philosophy must be, as a parent, seeing God's plans and intentions fulfilled in the lives of our children. God's intentions, God's promises fulfilled in the lives of our children. That is our motivation and our driving force. It drives our praying. It drives our discipline. It drives our traditions, and it drives what's in our home. So check that out. Let's go to the next one, because I spent time on that one this morning. Number two, write this in there, is empowered by the Spirit. Empowered by the Spirit. And I got a list of scriptures there that are bringing out, quite a few scriptures there that bring out a description of life by the Spirit. There's only two ways you can live life. You can live life by the sinful nature or you can live life by the Spirit. And Paul does a masterful job in his writings. One of his constant reoccurring themes is dividing a line between those two and making a contrast between life by the Spirit and life after the sinful nature. He makes it really clear in Romans 8. If you're ever going to memorize a chapter in the Bible, make it Romans 8. Makes it clear there's a war going on inside us 
And there's two fighting sides. There's our sinful nature and our spirit. And our sinful nature never wants to submit to God. Doesn't want to submit to anything. Only wants its own way. It's hostile to God. It cannot please God. It will never please God. However, life by the Spirit is very different. So is parenting. I have, I'm under the, after working with families and having my own children, I am a proponent. The number one parenting model is spirit-sensitive parenting, where you are constantly depending on the Holy Ghost to give you strategies, downloads from heaven, insight into your children, which are all very different. Some of your approaches have to be different per child. Some of your discipline may have to shift per child. You may have a really sensitive child, and then you may have a really stubborn child. Very different approaches in those two. Parenting by the Spirit. Let's talk real quickly about a few things about that. John 14 and John 16. If you've never read John 14 and 16, or maybe it's been a while, go back through there and pay attention to how Jesus describes to his disciples what the role of the Holy Spirit is. Why the Holy Spirit? Why he's sending the Holy Spirit? Why he was going to ascend and send the Holy Spirit in his place? Very clear, the Holy Spirit. He's sending the Holy Spirit to help, counsel, teach, remind, empower, bring conviction, guide. What better place than at home with a parent who doesn't have all the answers, who's having to try to dream up, what, what should I do here, than the, than the help of the Holy Spirit at home? No one can counsel you like the Holy Spirit can. The great counselor. That's why, the, 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 that's why God calls him the counselor. Empowered by the Spirit. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is invested in your children. You're here, you're, the, the Holy Spirit is invested in your family. Wants to see God's good things come about in your family. The Holy Spirit's not working against you in your family. Working with you. Pushing us along. Working together. We must choose to parent by the Spirit. It has to be a choice on our part. If you have spent any time serving God, you may have realized that the Holy Spirit is not going to make you do anything. You have to operate by faith. That is what pleases God. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do anything. He wants to be where he's invited, where he's welcomed. So you as a parent, me as a parent, I, I pray daily, Lord, I need an anointing. I need to be empowered by your spirit to be a dad, to be a husband. And you know what? God delights in making that happen. God gives, uh, the Holy Spirit will give you insight, dreams that reveal something, strategies will unveil things in your family. The Holy Spirit will, 
will help you hear something that wasn't heard before. The Holy Spirit is your great helper as a parent. It's your number one helper. You may be under the impression that you just need to tell everybody all the problems you're having and get everybody's advice. I'm telling you, your number one help is the Lord himself who presents himself as a father. He's identifying the role. He created it that way. He's our number one help, empowered by the Spirit. The giftings of the Spirit operating in your family. Did you know those the you know the the the, the gifts that we call the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 14, you see kind of this lift list. You know those are not just for like the person up front with the microphone or a conference and we bring guest speakers in that you know that's for you. It's for you on the job. It's for you in your life group. It's for you in your family. Word of wisdom and knowledge, prophetic utterances, prophesy over your children. I love to tell my kids, you're going to be a great dad. You're going to be a great mom. You're going to be a great wife. I'm prophesying over them. Prophesy over your kids. Operate in the Spirit. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to grow in the realm of living life by the Spirit. I want to encourage you tomorrow, get up and pray in tongues for 30 minutes. Just start. Just get up and start praying in tongues. Maybe sing, whatever's easy for you. Start doing something beyond the natural. Empowered by the Spirit is not a natural way of operating. It is a supernatural way of operating. It's parenting supernatural with the help of the Holy Ghost. So seek those gifts out. Lord, use me to prophesy over my kids. I want to be empowered by your Spirit. So the next one, let's go to the next one. A strong marriage. Greatest gift you can give your kids. Strong marriage and the greatest gift I'm going to give my children is my marriage. Apples don't fall far from the tree. Has anybody ever heard that before? So what are your children picking up from your marriage? What is it you're giving them? I'm so thankful. We have a strong marriage ministry in this house. We have marriage life groups. We have uh, the marriage workshop that we did. Who was a part of that marriage workshop? Fantastic. Invest in your marriage. Invest in your wife, in your husband. It ministers to them. It's like a nonverbal communication. Watch how I do this. Kids are a product of home. And home starts with your marriage. That's what they're going to reflect most. Are they seeing honor or dishonor at home? Because it's going to be repeated. See, one day they're going to want to get married and they're going to reproduce what they saw and experienced. So let me ask you these. Are they seeing honor or dishonor? Are they seeing rejection or acceptance? Are they seeing affection or unaffection? What are they experiencing in your marriage at home? 
Are they, are they uh, experiencing parents that are willing to repent? Or are they seeing stubborn parents who are unrepentant and prideful? What is it they see? Whatever it is they see is what they're going to be. Forgiving or unforgiving? Do they see respect or disrespect? What comes out of your mouth when you have a disagreement? It's a good question. Do they see pride or do they, dis, do they see humility in the marriage? Do they see a sinful nature-centered marriage? I provided you some scriptures there. I'm going to encourage you to look those up. See what the Word says about family, about children obeying, and about mom and dad, love, respect. And whenever the next marriage workshop is, get in it. Begin to polish some things up. And you know what? If you need to be healed, get healed. Maybe you didn't have a good uh, exemplary model to follow and now you're in a marriage and you're finding some things are being repeated. Get healed. God's the healer. God's the restorer. Maybe you see yourself uh, repeating some of the things that were done to you and you don't like it but you don't know what to do. You know what the answer is? Get healed. Everybody needs to be healed. We are all fractured. We are all like, uh, like a, a road that's gone through pressure and weather and takes on abuses of the cars that drive over it. And you know what? Sometimes that road needs to be healed because it gets broken. That's all of us. We all need the presence of God to bring healing. We all need to ask God, God, Heal my mind. Heal my heart. Especially in our marriage. Because it's going to get reproduced. Let's look at the next one. Number, what are we on? Four? All right. I'll spend a little time on this one. This is a discipline structure. Discipline structure. If you asked me what is the number one job of a parent... It is to teach your children to step on their sinful nature. It's not to fix them their favorite is food. It's not to make them your friend. It's to help them throughout their growing up, even if they don't understand what's going on, to step on their sinful nature. Because there's coming a day when they're going to have to choose to step on it themselves. And if they weren't prepared for that, they're going to spend the rest of their life giving in to their sinful nature and then they'll be destroyed. My number one job is to make sure my kids can identify and step on that ugly, sinful self that wants its way, doesn't like to be hurt, wants revenge, greedy. I want to ask you a question about discipline. Who's helping you decide the appropriate discipline measures at home? Is it your feelings? Is it YouTube? Is it, I'm just going to make it up as I go along? Those are good questions. You ever thought about where you're getting your, your model from? Every parent needs help establishing a structure of discipline. And the reason I say structure 
is because once you establish, I'm telling you, once you establish a pattern of discipline, there's non-negotiables. You never have to decide anymore what the, what the discipline's going to be. You don't have to sit there and labor and, and wonder, okay, what am I supposed to do now? Because it's already been established. It's already been decided. Let's take a look at a few things to be mindful of. Every child has a sinful nature that must be overcome. You know those things that you deal with? The, the things that, oh my goodness, can I just tell you? I was in line at the coffee shop, and I was in a hurry. I don't actually know who's in here because I don't have my glasses on. That might be a good thing. And I got, I got so infuriated at the coffee shop. I had to wait 18 minutes for the car in front of me to move. I was ready to get out and hurt someone. I was ready to like slash tires. How dare you order 27 smoothies or whatever it is you just ordered. I need my coffee right now. Does that sound like a Jesus-loving pastor? No, that's the ugly, sinful nature that thinks it should be number one with no patience for other people. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're on a super icy road, and you're like paying real close attention, and the guy in the big monster truck comes right up behind you, and he's sitting right on your tail. What's good? What happens inside you? I don't know what it is, but driving really pulls out some sinful nature gunk. Is that just me? I know it's not you. It's me. I find the most ugliest things I want to say and do when somebody wrongs me on the road. Is anybody else like that? Some of you, actually all of you should have raised your hand right there. Why am I saying this? Your child has that same thing inside them. Comes out in a little bit different. Children become a product. And, uh, so every child has a sinful nature. They learn, they learn how to deal with it or what to do with it at home. That's where it happens. They're a product of what's celebrated and corrected at home or not corrected at home. If you want to know what home is like for a child, just watch them when they're in public. It tells you what home is like. Our natural sinful nature is corrupt, and its great des desires bring destruction. That same is true for you and for your child, your little precious one. I have a princess at home. Princess dresses, fingernail polishes, Glitters, unicorns, unikitties, una, una, other things, as long as it's got a horn. Precious princess, dad, can I serve you? Could we have tea? We sit down, we have tea, we have little teacups. But if something happens by which she was crossed the wrong way, all the princess goes flying out the window. 
every parent knows exactly what I'm talking about. You know what that is? It's the ugly, sinful nature rearing its head in your child's life. And it must be stepped on. Without consistent correction, that ugly thing will destroy their life. They'll let it destroy their life. All children must understand, listen, and obey. You know, if you read the whole Bible over and over again, you find one simple ingredient for the people that were super blessed and used by God. You know what it is? Listen and obey. It's not complicated. In our times of discipline, I have said to my children, you're going to listen and obey because there's a day coming the Lord's going to speak to you And if you don't know how to listen and obey, you'll never accomplish what he wants you to do. If you can't obey me, who you're looking right at, how are you going to obey God who you can't see when he speaks to you? All children must understand, listen, obey. The sinful nature is demonstrative. Do you know what that means? It wants to be expressed. So when you have a little child that throws herself on the ground and they're screaming and kicking, do you know what's happening? They're letting the sinful nature dominate them. It's taking over. And it wants to declare its disagreement with what you said. The sinful nature does not want to submit to authority. The sinful nature has an authority complex built in. And it, if, if you say something or demand something from your child, especially your little ones, and they disagree with that, they're going to throw a fit. Do you know why? Because the sinful nature wants to dominate them. And if you let that happen, you're giving permission for the sinful nature to rule over their life. You have to understand that. The role of parenting is to see the sinful nature and step on it because there's coming a day they have to see it themselves. If demonstrations are not confronted, they'll become more aggressive. You think it's so cute when your little little one like punches mommy in the face. <laughs> no way. We'll get to that in just a moment. Babies throwing a fit. Not babies, but like four or five-year-olds throwing a fit because they don't agree with you. That, that wasn't allowed in my house. It's not my job for them to agree. Agreement is not a part of the deal. Obedience is a part of the deal. They don't obey because they agree. Please hear me. They don't have to understand to obey. You don't need to explain everything and why, so then they'll obey. It doesn't work like that. God doesn't do that to you. God, I'll obey you. Please tell me everything why. It's not going to happen. You have to respond in faith, right? When God speaks to you, 
So if you create a system at home by which they have to understand, how are they going to approach the Heavenly Father? Along with that is the phenomenon of every child, which is called delayed obedience. And you, have, as a parent, have this choice. Well, they did obey 25 minutes later. Is that okay? Well, they did obey. Delayed obedience is the same thing as disobedience. Do you know what delayed obedience is? That's them telling you they'll feel, when they feel like it, they'll do it. On their own time, not yours. Do you know that's a usurper of your authority at home? They're usurping your authority. They're telling you who's boss. So when those of you with little ones, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you tips for establishing a, a discipline structure in just a moment. You have to respond immediately when they don't obey. If you don't, you're telling them they're the boss. They're undermining you. Discipline structure. If you, when, ch when children are young, if you begin to uh, correct those demonstrations of the sinful nature when they're young, they become less of a factor when they're older. If you don't, they become more violent. That's when you find sons and daughters that will beat up mom. Because it wasn't capped when they were small. It was allowed. There was permission given. You don't want that. So every child has a sinful nature. All children must understand, listen, and obey. The sinful nature is demonstrative. Let's take a look at, uh, you might want to write this down. I, I hope you're like taking notes if you're a parent of young ones. So tips for creating a discipline structure. In my house, we apply the Board of Education to the seat of understanding. I probably just had 20 people call OCS right then. The, I do a pattern in my house. I never have to guess what, what the discipline measures are. I decided a long time ago what they are, and I don't move from them. Uh, and here's some tips that I've learned in working with some families. First of all, you have to have agreement between the parents as to what the discipline measures are. If, they're, if you don't have agreement, the kids will automatically know it and take advantage of it. They're really smart. You will uh, the next tip is be prepared to repeat the discipline measures over and over again. In my house, we have a warning system. This is a great tip. We have a warning system in my house after we give a command, not a suggestion, a command. And it's this. Uh, let's, I got three of my wonderful kids here that are freaked out right now that I'm going to like tell stories. Emma, go clean the bunnies. Emma doesn't move off the couch. My next phrase is non-negotiable. I've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. I don't even have to wonder what it is. Maybe you didn't hear me. Why don't you say that with me? Maybe you didn't hear me. Because 
The very next thing after maybe you didn't hear me is the Board of Education applied to the seat of understanding. There is a connecting line between this part and this part. And when you apply that Board of Education to this part, this part automatically goes, I got it. Look at them. They're laughing up there. Maybe you didn't hear me. You see, if you have some kind of warning thing, first of all, I given the, the you know, benefit of the doubt, maybe they didn't hear me. But secondly, I told them what's coming next if they don't get up and move or obey. If they don't obey right now, they know what's next. There is no, there's no negotiation. I had a vision many years ago that the Lord gave me about my parenting. The vision with it was this, my child playing in the road, and there's a car coming, and they don't see it. So I call out to them, and they don't respond. They don't respond, or they respond in their own good time, or I start counting to 120 and hope I reach it by the time the car gets there. Now, you tell me as a parent, wouldn't you want your child to respond immediately to your voice have enough respect for your voice to know that when you give a command, they better respond. They don't see the cars of the devil that are coming at them. They desperately need respect for you as a parent. I better calm down. I'm giving it to you very nicely, very nicely and graciously. Respond immediately. Uh, Here's a good tip. Don't do sinful nature correction. What's that? That means respond out of your anger. So you don't discipline kids because they made you angry. That's not the right, that's not the goal. Your children shouldn't be afraid to make you angry because they don't know what you're gonna, they don't know what's gonna happen. Violence, embarrassing them is not an appropriate form of discipline. That's wanting to make them feel as embarrassed as you are or make them somehow feel what you're feeling by them not obeying you. Degrading them with your words, pronouncing negative things over their life when they failed you for some reason. These are sinful nature-driven patterns. Putting fear in their life, making them see how strong you are and mean your face is. That's the sinful nature in you trying to dominate them. That, that's not discipline. That's not a pattern of discipline. That's them growing up. I, I better just do whatever it takes to not make mom angry or dad angry because I don't know what's going to happen. That's not the goal of discipline. Please hear me. The goal of discipline is for them to step on the sinful nature when they start going, launching them out on their own. This, uh, kids will use the back door. They'll hear something from mom and go talk to, hey, you've had it happen too. They're really good at that. They'll even work together. You go ask mom, I'll go ask dad. These are tips for creating a discipline structure. That's why mom and dad have to be on the same page. And when we're not, I'll say to Minister Kimmy, uh, or I'll say to my kids, what did mom say? Let me go talk to mom real quick. 
Uh, discipline changes with age. To me, the most important years, please hear me, the most important years of being super like on it and firm and, and not aggressive but assertive with your discipline is the first five years of their life. My personal philosophy is if you do it right for the first five years, everything else is going to fall right in line. If you don't, you spend the rest of their life trying to undo what you didn't do. Appropriate godly correction brings what? Does anybody know? Does anybody know what appropriate discipline brings? It's clear in the word. If you can't answer it, we need to look at this together. Would you bring up Hebrews 12? Survey says, righteousness and peace. Did you not ever see that in the word? It's in Hebrews 12. It's describing how the Lord disciplines us. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those that have been trained by it. Very important understanding to creating discipline for your children. If you were abused by a parent that overdid it with discipline, I'm so sorry. That's not God's intention. But you can be healed from that. You don't have to repeat those things. If you were verbally abused and degraded by a mean parent or a grandparent, I am so sorry. That is not God's intention. You can be healed from that. The Father can heal you from that. If you're afraid to discipline your children because you don't want to repeat some of the disastrous things that may have happened to you, I'm so sorry. Those things shouldn't have happened to you. You can be healed from that. And you can have righteousness and peace in your home. You have to walk into disciplining your children. Get, you need to be healed. You'll either hear two sounds at your house. Are you ready for this? You, you, in a discipline, we're talking about discipline. You'll hear two sounds at your house. You will either be a parent who hears the sinful nature vying for self or dying to self. I want to say that one more time. Your parenting will either, you'll hear two sounds as a parent. You'll either hear the sinful nature vying. Do you know what that means? Attempting to get its way. Vying for control. Or you will hear the sinful nature dying. They both sound similar. I'll leave, that, I'll leave that with you. The next one, let's move on. Because I don't want to run out of time. I spent a lot of time on that because there's some things I wanted to make sure you understood as a parent. And we don't get to, we don't get to share things like this very, very often in our, in our worship services, and I, I wanted to share that. All that regarding discipline and that sinful nature. Uh, the next one, we're moving on to number five. This one's really unique. And it makes my list of the top seven keys for award-winning parenting. It's teach posture. You probably think I re I'm referring to like sitting up straight in your chair. Some of you sat straight up when I said that. I'm not talking about sitting straight up in your chair. I'm talking about their approach to others. The approach, it's called posturing. It's teaching your children acceptable social 
postures, family postures, postures in their own family. So let's talk just real briefly about it. And it is the appropriate way to present yourself based on the environment that you're in. You ever thought about whether or not your children can recognize this is, this is the sanctuary or is this just a gymnasium in here? Well, it depends on your, your posturing and what you teach them. It's more than manners. It's understanding their position as they relate to the person right in front of them. Children at a young age need to understand that if they posture themselves the wrong way against mom, dad's coming in. Dad's going to step in and apply the board of education to the seat of understanding. You are not going to strike mom. You are not going to talk back to mom. You will not disrespect your mother. That's a posture. Posture must be taught at home to adults. We don't understand honor in our westernized civilization, and we desperately need to. Did you know there's promises that God wants to fulfill, but you have to understand honor for them to be fulfilled? There's things that your children will not have fulfilled in their life unless you give them a sense of honor in a young age, and they walk it out. So privileged to have all my children born in Hawaii. And one of the things that is a uh, cultural normal there is the addressing of, of an, an adult older than you. And I'm so thankful because it's an automatic understanding that there's honor here. And it's the word of, it's the use of auntie and uncle. See, in, in Hawaii, many of you may know because you're from there or maybe you've spent enough time there. If you walk up to an older dad or, or an older man, you address him as uncle. And if you don't, you're being disrespectful. And you need to be corrected. Children talking to their teacher at school or uh, a leader in the church, the, 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 the proper posturing is auntie or uncle. You make it a prefix in front of their name, anti-Shavon. It's not Shavon, it's anti-Shavon. I love that because what it did in their life, it's a posturing. Your children desperately need an understanding of honor. It's an honoring of the person that you're looking at. That's what posturing refers to. We have to teach it. We have to demand it from them. Demand that they call, they call that person Mr. Whatever. Expect it from them and correct them when they don't do it right. Put honor in their life, an understanding of it. There is different posturing within family. Your children need to know how to approach siblings the right way. And, and you need to correct them if they don't do it the right way. Posturing for grandma and grandpa. And the honoring of grandparents has to be present. Social interaction to adults, friends, and leaders. Your children need you to speak into their life the right way to approach an older adult in their life. 
One of the postures that we still on, ongoing in our family is hospitality. When somebody comes over, we clean the whole house for them. It's a posturing. It's an honoring of them. We're going to make the house ready for them. We're honoring their arrival. We're going to make some coffee for them. We're going to have some food for them. We're going to clean up. We're not going to ask them to clean up after they leave. We're going to do the cleanup after they leave. It's a posturing. They're worthy of honor. They're people. They're God's precious treasures. We're going to honor them like that. It's a posturing. And like I said, especially towards parents, mom, don't let your kids disrespect dad. Dad, don't let your kids disrespect mom. Whenever one of my children would uh, strike mom, which younger kids, I would assume the role of the disciplinarian immediately. It was going to be understood. Dad's got another level of enforcement, and it's when you mess with mom. Dad, hear me. Dad, all the dads, mom needs you to do that. Mom needs you to be the great bouncer in the house. You're not going to treat mom like that. That's my wife. You know, you're, 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 if you have multiple kids in your family, they need to see that's how you treat all your kids. Don't you treat him like that. That's my son. You'll have kids that some of your children won't get along as well as they will with others. And they'll find that the older ones will sometimes pick on the younger ones. Don't let that happen in your house. It's a posturing. You need to correct that. You need to step in because they're messing with your kid. And if you don't step in, the younger ones will think you're showing favoritism. Don't you ever show favoritism in your house. That's wrong. That's evil. And you will crush a child if you show favoritism in your house. And if you've been crushed in such a way, I'm so sorry. It shouldn't have happened like that. You can be healed. Get healed. The Holy Spirit will heal you. Let's finish up here. So posture. Maybe you've never thought about that before. Next is seek out good models. So important to have someone to go to to ask hard questions. Seek out good models. I'm not going to spend very long on this. But Proverbs is full of wisdom for parents. Who is mentoring you as a mom? How about as a dad? Who's encouraging you as a parent? Great question. Who are you giving permission to speak into your life and to bring correction? If you're going to seek someone, I'm just telling you, if you're going to seek someone's advice, making them a model, by all means, do what they say. If you find someone who excels with, with children in a specific age group, maybe they're really good with their teens or maybe they're real good with their preschoolers and they give you advice, by all means, do it. Uh, let's take a look. Good models. We all don't know what we don't know, and we need, to know, we need to know and be around people that will shore up what, we're, what we don't know. Um, 
I want to encourage you to, if you're looking for resources on parenting, my, my first place to go is Focus on the Family. They have a great website. Focus on the Family. Maybe you need to write that down. Focus on the Family. It's, J, it's Dr. James Dobson. Lots and lots of high-quality, godly material to, to put into action. I've read a number of his books, Bringing Up Boys, Bringing Up Girls, and all of his discipline books, I read them. I needed them. I needed help. I still do. Uh, last one, and then we'll finish up. It's Mark the Time. So important in family to remember. To remember. Do you know we have spiritual Alzheimer's? You don't remember the things that God's done for you? You easily forget them, and that's like they don't exist anymore. So God institutes something throughout his word. He institutes, he institutes um, feasts. If you look at the Old Testament as they're going through the wilderness, he institutes feasts for one purpose, to remember what the Lord has done. Do you know your children need that in, their, in your family. Do you know what a child's number one need is? You might want to write this down. It's time. Their number one need is time. And if I could give you an acronym, sometimes it's a little hokey to do acronyms, but I want to help you understand what, what exactly time is it they're looking for. So you might want to write this down. T means together. That means you're there. You have to be there. You have to be present. It's not just any time that you set up. It's you. Your time. You have to be there with them. The next one is the letter I. And it stands for individual. Group time is not the same thing as individual time. And the more kids you got, the more challenging that is. They desperately need one-on-one. I have five. I'm telling you, it's hard for one-on-ones. I have to be extremely intentional about doing things just me and you. If I've got to go to the bank or the post office, I'll throw one of the kids in the car. It's just me and them. I'll hold their hand. I'll say, I love you so much. I'm going to start crying in just a moment. (laughs) I still hold their hand. They're teenagers. I grab their hand. I love them so much. They're my treasures. It's just me and you. You know what I say to every one of them? I love it when it's just me and you. I'm giving them individual time. They got enough group time. They want individual time. The next one, uh, T-I-M, is meaningful time. Meaningful time. Something you planned. Something you scheduled. A special thing that you did. Not just watching TV over and over and just droning off. Hey, isn't this fun? We're both staring. Meaningful time. So, if you got some boys... They want to do something. They want to accomplish something. We dug a hole. Go get your shovel. We're going to dig a hole. We're going to throw rocks. How far did you throw yours? I bet I can skip more than you. Anything ringing a bell here for boys? Your girls want some meaningful looking at each other and talking and sharing and and telling stories and listening. 
listening and listening and listening and special T's and meaningful. The last one is E, they want to experience. Make it fun, make it personalized for them. It's got to be an experience they remember. Marking the time, have celebrations in your house that are just for your family. It's just our family celebrating this. And create, create memorials. Create memorials that remind them of what the Lord has done or remind them what your values are in your house. In my house, we have, and you don't have to do this, I'm just giving you an example. We have a set of yearbooks that is a memorial in our house. It sits, it's prominent, it has its special place in our house. Nothing else gets to go there. Uh, the Lord specifically spoke to me a number of years ago of a gift I, should give my, I would give my wife on our 20th wedding anniversary. So I spent six years creating this special gift. Six years. I put it together. And on our 20th anniversary, I presented her a stack of yearbooks. That is all of our photos by year for 20 years thousands of photos. It took six years to put it together. It has a prominent place that stands as a memorial of our values. We value family. We value what God has done. We value the prophetic words. My daughter turned 18. Last week, two weeks, I don't know. Sometime this month she turned 18. And the Lord specifically told me what to give her. I gave her this giant photo album by year of her life with the prophetic words typed out that were spoken over her for that year. What is it saying? That the word of the Lord is valuable. The word of the Lord is going to carry you through. I'm, I'm declaring it's memorials. Create things in your house with your family that remind us of what God has done, what he's going to do. Prophetic things. It's a memorial in your family. It marks time. Celebrations, memorials, and spend time with your kids. These are my seven tips for award-winning parenting. And I'm sure you've got some of your own things that have excelled for you and your children. Probably some that didn't, too, like me. But I want to pray for you. You may have grandchildren Whatever the relationships, and you might have all different pictures of family. Would you stand with me tonight? And if your family is here, would you get your arms around them for a moment? We're going to pray. We're going to prophesy over our kids. I'm going to pray for your family. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe you're looking forward to the day that you have children. I just gave you some amazing tips for building your home. Maybe you need to polish some things up at your house. Maybe you need to go home and clean out some things that bring destruction. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Look at those scriptures at home. Make it a family study for the next week. See what the Word says. God will help you as a parent. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray God's power released in your parenting. If you got your family there, put your arms around them if you can. Join hands maybe. Children, all the kids say I. Your parents need you to pray for them. Pray for them. 
Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you, God, for this time together of looking at these principles that are principles from your word that you repeat over and over again, emphasizing to us home and what happens there, family and what it's about. Lord, it's all throughout your word. We're not just guessing at a single scripture and trying to figure out what it means. You say it over and over and over again, these powerful principles. I pray for every parent that's here tonight and those that are online. Supernatural anointing of the Holy Ghost over their family. I bind every assignment from hell that brought destruction into their life. Every hurt, every offense, every abuse. I bind it up. And I loose the healing power of the Holy Ghost over their life. The destructive patterns that were given to them, I break them off in the name of Jesus by the blood, the most powerful substance to ever touch this earth. The blood of Jesus breaking off every evil, every corrupted thing that happened to them. Every demonic assignment from the time they were young, I break it off in Jesus' name. Today's a new day. Destructive patterns are gone. They won't be passed on to their children and their grandchildren. It stops here. Addictions, life-controlling problems, depression, trauma, the effects of divorce and abuse. I bind you up and I lose the healing power of the Father. In Jesus' name, be healed. Be healed. Be healed in your mind, in your heart in your innermost being. Let the love of the Father supplant every hurt and every offense, every disappointment that has shaped your decisions. Be healed. You don't have to live like that. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray an anointing in the strategies of discipline. I pray an anointing on every grandparent that's had to step in and help with their their grandchildren aunties and uncles. I pray an anointing for those that bring in foster children and they're only there for a short time. An anointing of the Holy Ghost to build an atmosphere in their home that introduces something children have never experienced before. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God in their home. Father, our great desire is that you would see our home as a dwelling place for your presence. That our children would not grow up and then leave and never experience your presence at home. Holy Spirit, come. I pray a quickening to every parent in building an atmosphere of home, at home that would allow your presence to reside, building a room for you at home. In Jesus' name. I pray, God, for strategies from heaven. Even right now, pictures in their mind. Ideas from heaven. In Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father. I thank you that you're a good Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Would you give the Lord a hand clap tonight? Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, 
don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.